You are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the Pro Sound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their new line of Pro Studio headphones and the A131 and the A133 large diaphragm studio condenser mics at audixusa.com. I know, Michael, the podcast is the same time every night. I, I get it. I get it. Oh, you want me to read it? Okay, hang on one second. I think I have it laying right here. Oh, it's right here in this pile of bills. Um, Alan and Heath has asked us to read this. We frequently ask ourselves, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? But we think it's clear that the real question, what the heck is a woodchuck? And more importantly, do they know any good taco places around here? Can you can you eat another slice of watermelon, but closer to the mic this time, Kyle? So we yeah, can all we hear need you. some ASMR. ASMR, erotic no, juiciness. No. Yeah. Look, I didn't even shave my chest for you. <laughs> for the record, I love everybody. You guys are great. Love you too, buddy. I've been at the river for a day and a half, and it is amazing. I found my zen. I'm back home. In a good spot, be here for a couple more days, and then I'm going to go back to being a dick. Okay. So we're in the grace period right now. Yeah, grace period. I'm super, like, I got my sage going. I got some fucking olive oils. Is the, is the, is the olive oil for your chest? Like, is that? Yeah. yeah. So I don't get razor burn. <laughs> I told Carla today, we were out, and I was like, oh, what are you staring at my sweater? Because she was, like, <laughs> behind me. <laughs> And she's like, no, you got a white one. And all of a sudden, she goes in and starts doing the thing. That might be the first uh, chest hair joke we've had on the show. We've made it oh, this far. Oh, we're recording. We are. No, it was back hair. It was oh, back, back hair. hair. She was looking at my back. Welcome back to Whose Line Is It Anyway? I'm your host, Drew Carey. I'm joined, as usual, by Kyle Churnside and Chris Leonard. What's going on, gentlemen? How's it going, man? Hi, hello. Welcome back. And I, I feel like I should say that uh, we are, of course... Uh, actually, Chris's brainchild was the ProSound Web Podcast Network, um, with yes. a lot of other great shows on the ProSound Web Podcast Network. I hope you'll check them out. Um, Checks in the mail. Live, yep. sound, live sound boot camp, which uh, Michael was re- well, somewhat recently on. I posted that actually on our feed, so you can listen to that on our feed. But I encourage you actually just go listen to it on their feed, so they get the uh, the downloads, if you will. Uh, but they have a bunch of other great uh, episodes. Um, recently, I listened to the uh, the one on automation. Which is really cool to see different people's approach, but either front of house or monitors to automation. So that was a good. That was a good. Uh, good episode. Yep. Uh, so Chris, I have an announcement, but I know that you have two announcements. So maybe you can do one of your announcements. Sure. Well, actually, this was one of them, and I also want to plug um, the Church Sound podcast. Um, also, yes. also on the Pro Sound the Web. Potter, so Willis Snow was on recently. Uh, common Who's appearance that? on here, and then uh, actually, Mike, Michael, I don't know your when this episode. Is com- yeah, your yeah. Episode next comes episode. out. Tomorrow, as in day yep. of recording now, but it will be in the past, but we live in the future. And hello. Anyway. Hello from the past, everybody. Yeah. Um, or are we saying hello from the future? I'm confused. Uh, here's mine. Another Where's first Marty? Another first from the Single Noise Podcast, episode 100 and whatever this is. I'm going to have a non-water beverage. For the first time, I'm going to have an adult beverage while we're recording Whoa. the show. Here we go. Okay. What are, you, what are you drinking, though? What are you, you uh, got that is a spiked yeah. Arnold Palmer, half uh, and half. All right. So, baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I like it. I like I it. I knew you were going to say it's that. Good. It's a good flavor. I enjoy it. Um, Chris, did you have another housekeeping item? 
Uh, I do, actually. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, work is starting to return for some people, right? Um, and a couple things around this. One is, you know, we, we've been, been very fortunate and, and thankful to everyone for developing the network that we've built uh, with our Facebook yes. group, our Discord group. So please, if you have... Um, job listings, either full-time, freelance, you're not sure where you're trying to go, what market, like lean into um, our network of people. Um, I encouraged Hannah to do this, Hannah Goodine, um, and she posted in our, our Facebook group, and within two hours, she had like three different companies to like talk to. Um, like that, yep. that's what we are here to do. If you don't know how to go about that, message any of us, email any of us directly, and we will feed into that. In fact, I'm brainstorming on how to actually try to um, be a source for helping find freelancers and stuff. I know there's Bob Net out there. If you know what that is, if you don't, go check it out. But uh, I'm not trying to compete with him by any means. But I just have a different network of people that I want to try to help and give back with. Um, you know, and some of the spurred on is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find freelancers for the work that I do as corporate. Um, I put out a freelancer form for people to kind of fill out across the country. I have to date, I have 850 people who have responded to that form. Uh, to, one of them is me, and I put in a bunch of jokes in the form. So I actually, had it actually wasn't as bad as I thought. Not even, not even <laughs> a small town. Not even a small town of people. Um, Eight hundred. So you know, there, a small theater show. <laughs> yeah, there's people willing to help and willing to place and talk and, and just give advice. Also, obviously, tied in that was is our mentorship program. So, please join our Facebook group, Discord. This isn't just you know fluff. Like this is a community. Like like um, we love what you all have helped build up around us. This is not because of us. It's because of the collective. And so um, we're here to uh, yeah. support each other. Very much so. We're here to support each other. And and Chris and Chris and we we've been sending text messages each other. Chris made a good um, observation. It's we're making life decisions and not career decisions anymore. So. Uh, part of our life decision was to give back to our community that's kind of like helped us get where we're at. So let's start doing that for everybody else. Make sure everybody's safe. Make sure everyone's getting the right contacts. Um, and if you post for someone to come help you build a mobile stage, Kyle might just show up and help you build it. You never know. Wait, Kyle, does that mean you listen I'll, to I'll my? Do does that mean you listen to my beer and gear episode today? No, I didn't, oh. but I will come and weed whack or possibly wash your car, too. Um, I'm at Home Depot in St. Charles, Missouri. Certified on the uh, ladder and the forklift, Garden Center. right? Yes, sir. Uh, reach truck, okay. fork truck. Cool. Both of them, yep. So if you need any of that assistance, I got I got your mulch needs. <laughs> I'll be sending my mom no, to no, talk I, to you because she I needs actually, some mulch. <laughs> I actually did a show this weekend, and I was very, very proud of it. My friend Isaac at Southwest AV down in Springfield, Missouri, got me to come down and um, do a convention for United Methodists, and I was really appreciative of that. Thank you, Isaac and Southwest AV. And I think we should say Hannah's not with us tonight because she is out seeing uh, the band Signal to Noise right now, uh, mixed by uh, Signal to Noise listener, I guess. So that's yeah, pretty no, fun. Yeah, no, Noah Beard Tanner. Yep. yep. She, she went out. She's sending some pictures uh, from the gig to our group text. So... Um, Sitting here very patiently through all the nonsense, our guest for this episode, uh, she's a front house and monitor engineer and quote a bunch of other things. We're going to talk all about those other things. Um, you probably uh, know her from her work with the band Bikini Kill. Um, and she also, out, out of all the people that we've had on the show, the most intimidating press photo, I think, of anybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jade Payne, welcome to the show. Hey, so yeah. good to be here. Thank you, guys. You're, you're in uh, Brooklyn, right? Yeah, Brooklyn. Is it yeah, hot been here. there right now? It's actually pretty mild. Yeah, it's like hoodie weather outside right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Perfect. not too bad. Perfect. You get to go Perfect. first, 
Uh, because you listen to the show, you're expecting this. You weren't expecting to have to go first. What's the coolest thing you have within arm's reach? Ah, uh, okay, so... Look at those cassettes uh, back yeah. there. Oh, yeah, I, I, I would say heart. those, but I can't reach them. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably my uh, Birds book. Wow. Um, oh, Hannah's I guess, so like, disappointed she's not here for this. One of the other th- bunch of other things is that I'm actually a big bird nerd um, when I'm not doing audio stuff. I like going bird watching. Um, yeah, so... Keeping New York keep City this close. has a plethora of them. They really do. I was like, just on the roof just before this, um, checking checking out the the scene. So, have you gone to Central Park and seen the Quakers? The Quakers. The, they're, they're, they're they're green. They're down here, so they're I down have here a in PA. Yeah, I have a oh, green parrot in okay. my house. His name's oh. Joey. Um, actually, if you look at my email, he's my little avatar guy. Um, oh, okay. That's Joey, and he's a Quaker. And there's apparently thousands of them that live in in Central Park. So wow, that's pretty wild. Yeah. There's a there's a bunch of parrots at Greenwood Cemetery actually um, in South Brooklyn and they I've seen those parrots yeah they've been are there they for green? like yes they are might be Quakers I don't think they're called Quakers though I'm gonna send you a picture yeah uh, Joey after yeah we'll have to find out tell. actually screw it we'll do it right now we're live Kyle Turnside coolest thing in arms Uh-oh. reach I have the original uh, Wicket Star Wars figure the Ewok oh, that yeah, man. actually did the thing nice and and I got a whole box. Of the actual guns and uh, things that came with all the Star Wars stuff when I was a child in the 70s. That might be awesome. worth something, dude. Backpack from Empire Strikes Back. Best Star Wars ever. Okay. That's all I got. That's pretty today. cool. And a plate full of watermelon. It's almost gone. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, you, you ate it very luxuriously. I have... Um, this is a book called Charles Garnier's Paris Opera. Architectural Empathy and the Renaissance of French Classicism by Christopher Curtis Mead. It's out of print, uh, but it's basically the, this is apparently the the definitive resource on the construction and design of the Paris Opera House. I just got this in the mail today. I finally dug up a wow. copy. I've been looking for one for a while. Really excited about that. If that is too highbrow for you, I also suggest this screaming goat toy. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah. so that sits on my bookshelf and. Joya just comes in sometimes and sets it off and then leaves again. So my vote is for the goat. Thank goodness for Joya. Okay, figured, figured. Chris, what do you got? So, you know, living the dad life. Um, I have this. Um, this is my my latest creation here. Um, this is like a hot rod spaceship made out of Legos. Uh, did so, you wait? Hold on. When you say your creation, did you design this? Yeah, I just you just freestyle. You just pick up Legos out of the box and you just you just freestyle it. There's there's no directions to this. Um, I mean, look, there's like pink and purple. Like some of this is like from like the princess sets because yes, I have all girls. So now here's the cool thing. So first off, yes, it does have a speaker on the back. Look, watch. See, it's got a it's got a speaker. Oh, it's got a um, sound system. Yeah, and um, yeah, it got to. And um, the space these Legos, these are my childhood Legos. So I have this giant bin of Legos that I kept in storage, like since my childhood. And then once you know my kids came around, I was like, hell yeah, like I get to play Legos again. It's not for them; it's for me. Um, and uh, so yes, I love. I have a lot of. I love sitting too. in the basement and just freestyling, building Legos. And so I wanted to show this off. I'll take a picture yeah, and put a Discord and stuff. So that's cool. All right. Well, that was that was all very interesting. Um, <laughs> Kyle, when we were texting earlier about about Jade and her work, you you've seen her artist like quite a while ago, right? You saw him live. Yeah, like in the nineties. I forgot who they were touring with, but I was dating this girl back then who loved like L Seven, Bikini Kill, that whole genre of music. And when they'd come through Missouri or whatever, 
either that or they played a venue I was working at. I can't remember. But yeah, I've seen them. That was fun. They're legendary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely wasn't working for them in the 90s. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's that like, though, to, to work for and we've had we've had a lot of people on the show have been mixing, you know, iconic artists who have had just multiple decade long careers. And some of them have been with you know, I think about, you know, Jason Moore's been with Train for like 11 years at this mm. point, or we talked about David Morgan has been with, you know, he's been doing James Taylor for, for decades, uh, stuff like that. Uh, Carrie Kai's, which, how long has she been with with Pearl Jam? It was like 37 yeah, years. Yeah, over 30 crazy. years, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, so it's a little different for you to come in and start working with an act that's been around since we were all, except for Kyle, uh, children, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, what's that like? I mean, to kind of be a part of this this history like like Kyle said like they they're very you know they're an iconic act I think right, a lot of people yeah. are familiar with their music yeah it's it's pretty surreal and pretty cool um you know I've I've actually been a big Bikini Kill fan too since I was a tween um for reference I'm 34 <laughs> um and I'm gonna be 49 in like two yeah, weeks not that far you're off. the same age as me and Chris though so it's cool <laughs> we get, we, oh you know, nice nice yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm um, older, yeah. two years yeah. older, but yeah, but all good. Age doesn't matter at any point. <laughs> yeah, it's Zero. it's pretty it's pretty interesting because you know they they just kind of had this reunion um, come back, um, you know, like a few years ago, um, and I saw all the shows get announced and didn't even know that I was going to be working for them. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting to work for a band that like does that kind of uh, like resurgence comeback thing. Um, and you know, a nineties riot girl punk band at that, uh, that, you know, kind of like in that nineties heyday uh, are mostly, you know, I mean, they're playing all kinds of shows, um, but it's just sound and like venues have changed so much and um the the first shows that they did when they reunited were in gigantic you know theaters and halls and uh I feel like you know for them uh it was a big change and you know uh I know like some of the band members um you know they kind of come from more of like a DIY uh kind of uh or rough around the edges kind of like settings um and so That's to kind of from washington <laughs> yeah uh, wait did you say olympia washington yeah yeah hence, hence they're from olympia yeah washington. say no more <laughs> well i mean the uh, whole, the whole, the the whole yeah the whole punk scene i mean that like that's like it's kind punk, of the punk part emo of the i mean it's a diy it, yeah. like we we, yes, we cut we cut our own teeth we do our thing we do it our way mm -hmm. we it's you grind it out like yeah Right, right. I, I think I think the most important thing she said that kind of got passed over was the whole Riot Girl thing, and and that's kind of what made Bikini Kill was, is their stance on abuse and violence and you know, women being heard and it 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 was a movement, man. It mm -hmm. was really cool. Like, um, and if you were in the punk rock scene, you're like another movement. Let's go. <laughs> we get to beat somebody up tonight. Come on. Somebody. Somebody's getting beat up because they don't like what they're pissing. <laughs> so that true. Was I was watching. I was watching some. Uh, I, I've discovered that like 
if I watch a YouTube video on like on my phone or my computer, I can hit the cast button and it'll pop up on the TV out in the living room. So I've taken to doing this when my girlfriend's watching something else. Um, so I put on uh, a video of them from like 1993 that I found on YouTube. And she was like, oh man, because as whatever she was watching turned off. And then when it came on, she was like, what year is this from? I was like, Oh, it's like 1993. She's like, yeah, it sounds like 1993. Like it definitely had that. So I'm thinking about finding out, like you, like you said, you know, these they're they're having a resurgence. They're going back on tour. Maybe how they sounded in '93 isn't the the goal for how they sound in 2021, right? I right. mean, how how did you approach that change? Yeah, well, so and also just the whole nature of shows. Like back then, I feel like they definitely got a lot more crap um and you know there's just a different level of like treatment of artists now um and just overall support um but uh yeah it it goes without saying there's also a lot of pressure um for bands like that you know where it's like okay we haven't played in over two decades and now we're coming back and now there's a huge spotlight on us like we're headlining festivals we're you know, and so I kind of I feel like, you know, as a fan of Bikini Kill myself, like I said, like they're been, they've been hugely influential um, to me since I was a teenager. And but like pushing all that aside, it's like it's kind of like um, like I, I, I kind of understood that that level of pressure. And I, I I approached mixing monitors in that way, whereas like um you know, like, how can I make, how can I just, like, make them as comfortable as possible, you know, because, uh, you know, it's, it's just, like, and that, that's not to say none of, no one in the band hadn't played, you know, they all had other projects um, after Bikini Kill, and not that they weren't active, but I just, I feel like kind of knowing that, that that's kind of what they were going through, um, you know, I saw my job as monitors to just kind of make sure do whatever I can to make sure that they're comfortable, you know? And, um, yeah, I don't know. It was like the, the vibe, it was definitely intense for everybody at first. And, you know, I, I didn't think, I think, you know, I know like Kathleen had had other projects that they had had like front of house and monitors before. Um, but like I said, I think it has been, it's been a while. And so, it seemed like the band as a whole wasn't really used to having a monitor engineer. And so, um, you know, we would have, like, I can think of like maybe the second show we did in, you know, I'm getting ready for the band on stage. They come on stage for sound check and, you know, no one says anything to me. Like no one even acknowledges me, which is okay. But I feel like, you know, they were just really focused on, you know, getting the songs together and, and, and feeling good. So I kind of had to like, I kind of had, I realized I had to kind of like make myself known as mm. like, I'm here to help you, mm. you know, in a way, like I definitely, um, because otherwise, you know, I'm pretty much just the person that to kind of like look at if something goes wrong. Um, so I, I realized that pretty quickly and, um, I feel like by the third show, uh, when they came on stage for sound check, um, I kind of just like, kind of announced myself like, Hey everybody, do you want to talk about, you know, like how, how did the show go last night? How did everything sound? How can we make it better? And, 
Um, it's kind of like a little like trick I got, I guess, up my sleeve. It's just like using a third person when when speaking to bands and as either front of house or monitors um, because it's not like it's not like about me. So I, I try to use we where, where it's like mm. we're all in this together. Um, you know, what can we do to, to work on this? And I feel like that once I did that, that it really changed the vibe. Like I, it seemed like they felt like, oh, okay, this is someone I can go to now if, you know, like if something just doesn't feel right. Um, so, you know, it's, yeah, it was just, I, I guess like I would have, um, yeah, I would, I would do do things that way versus like I guess other bands that are kind of used to used to having monitors whether they tour with you or not. Um I kind of had to just like implement like a flow where it's like mm-hmm. okay, we we sound check, I check in with you, you know, each person and you know s- find out like, you know, how we can improve and and I feel like that really helps build trust um in the long run and 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 yeah, certainly uh, after that, uh, I feel like everybody was kind of um, like just felt better for a- about asking for stuff, and, and instead of like it sounding you know not what it should be, but then just kind of you know not because a lot of bands do that, you know, uh, you can't hear yourself. It's like you know back in the '90s, you just kind of have to like suck it up, and you know, but. I just I just think it's really important to to let you know my artists know like I'm literally here to to help you. Yeah, I mean yeah. you're you're an extension of the band. I mean it's, that's the thing too. Like the best monitor engineers are basically the the fifth member, the sixth member, or whatever of the band at that point. Um, and it's you know there's a reason why there's not iPads or AVMs across that stage. You're not just there just to turn knobs, right? Mm-hmm. You mean there's this like I, I absolutely love the psychology element to doing monitors. You know, my, my mentor, my biggest mentor, the person who trained me to do monitors, he had he majored in psychology uh, at, at, at university, right? Um, and I, so I think there's a reason why he was so successful as a monitor engineer. Um, and, it, yeah, that human direct interaction is way more important than any um, – yeah, way more important. But it's – audio side will come if you can have that, have that mm-hmm. connection. Yeah, for sure. And – and you've had um, a decent background in playing instruments and music pre- previous to that, right? Yeah, so yeah. you did you grow up playing music, or what was your background with that? Um, yeah, I definitely grew up playing guitar, um, you know, and yeah, had had a, a deep love for music uh, since I was since I was young, um, and yeah, from around uh, age of like nineteen. I started touring. Um, I did go to audio school, um, Middle Tennessee State. Ooh, and, which uh, I want to throw out. We actually we had a, a recent guest, um, Chris Demonbrown. Um, uh, he also went there as well. Oh yeah, nice. nice. Taking another shot. Oh, at his nope. Last name. De- there, huh? de- no, I did it wrong again. <laughs> Can I say it? Demonbrian, de- de- right? Demonbrian. Okay. Demonbrian. I, le- I legitimately listened to the. We need Jade back. Jade, you're. You're going to be the replacement. I only know right. this because in Nashville, there's a, a, you know, a very regular street called Demonbrian. Oh, and it looks yeah. like Demon Brune. Yeah, I know. 
Uh, tell me about it. Um, I, you know, I literally, before you all got on, I pulled up the episode and listened to it because right, how, I, I know I screwed up on the episode. Let me try to get it right. I still fucked it up. Whatever. Uh-huh. There we go. So, so favorite guitar players and stuff that you listened to when you were a kid that got you into to music. What, what do you got back there in the cassettes? Uh, well, I don't think I have. No, I have one of their cassettes. Uh, James Eha, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, yeah. Billy Corgan. I mean... He's oh, kind of a schmuck. No, yeah, schmuck, I'd say if schmuck they town. All their albums, are, uh, if they re- released all their albums as instrumentals, it wouldn't sound like <laughs> soccer mom grunge pop to me, and I'd love it. You know, that's kind of how I feel about. Well, this is embarrassing, but uh, li- Limp Biscuit. I feel like if yeah. those were just instrumental, like yes, I would so listen to that. Yeah, it would be so good. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Alter Bridge just Creed without Scott Stapp? Or am I confused? Like but I think someone's singing well, that it's, sounds it's, just it's John, it's uh, uh, Tremonti is the guitar player who was in both. So I mean, it, oh, it's not the whole like, band. Not, uh, there might be more than one member, but the Tremonti is you know who wrote basically the music for Creed. Uh, he was a guitar player for Creed, and then he went to Alter Bridge. But oh. um, I don't anyway. I, I thought it was like or uh, what's the other one? Liquid Tension. Experiment. Well, that one is basically Dream just Theater, Dream Theater mi- without... minus minus yeah. the vocals, which is don't no one cares about him, the vocals Jay. anyway on Dream Theater. Don't listen to anyway. him. They listen to horrible. Yeah, stuff. I know. I'm like, who is this? Jay, what you need, yeah. what you need to do though, is when episode, no. when episode is done, you need to reach back mm-hmm. and blindly grab a cassette, and you need to send it to Jeff Hawley for his truck. Oh, he, yeah. So shout out to Jeff. He's Hawley. got a truck with a tape deck. He yes. he. That's he, awesome. He him and his wife bought a uh, farm truck to refurbish and fix up, and he's been sending me updates. And it has Does a tape. Does he player. have a farm? No, just a farm truck. Um, okay. so he's been sending me updates. So I sent him, I ordered him a Paula Abdul, uh, I don't remember the name of the album. I sent him a Paula Abdul cassette and he doesn't know this. And I think it's safe because this episode will come out after the package gets there. But I found about 30 tapes in my parents' basement, um, <laughs> including like Yanni live at the Acropolis and just like ridiculous <laughs> tapes. And I sent them all to Jeff. So, oh, nice. um, so you can contribute to that if you will. That's cool. I'm definitely a, a tape junkie. I'll take some. <laughs> What's of them. the best tape you got back there? Oh man, there's like we'll hundreds. No, there's wait. a bunch that are not off, even off camera. Um, Where does one oh buy a, a wall mount tape storage? Unit? Well, you get you know they're hidden Goodwill. gems now. You know, like you got you look for them in in record stores a lot of times that have like used, you know, Goodwill. stuff. Goodwill, you, yeah. Friends give them to me. I I probably have six hundred tapes. Really? Though, if not more. Yeah. Do you have more tapes or vinyl? Would you say? I have way more tapes. I was an 80s baby. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I can pick up all my vinyl and carry it out in one crate. Cause that's, just col- that's collector yeah. stuff. When I buy an album for vinyl, it's because of the cover art, something inside, or something that, like, it's like soul food. Uh, a vinyl is soul food to me. Uh, a cassette was like, I, I would read the insert of a cassette and go, oh, they think these bands? I'm going to have to go buy all those bands' as tapes now. You know, and then and for punk rock, you found Maximum Rock and Roll magazine, and like that was the next step in buying punk rock and underground stuff that nobody had heard of, especially yeah. in Missouri. My, kidding me? Like my roommate just gave me a Maximum Rock and Roll shirt. So yeah. cool! Like I wish it would come back like that. Like the DIY mags that they used to have for punk rock and metal and underground music was amazing, and and I think it, it's a lost art as well as cassettes. Yeah, it's for a sure. lost art. Because so, that's that's how I found out like the producers I lot I liked were from cassette recordings. 
when I was a kid. Mix engineers and cassettes, like. I like that cassettes are easy. They're like it's hard to fuck them up, you know. Like you could, which is kind of how I got into collecting them. Um, touring a lot, like it's easy to just throw some in your bag, and you know maybe the take the case will get cracked, but you know they're in a way they're they're kind of timeless and. Yep. You know, just just, just need a pencil. Really just easy. need a pencil to prepare them. Yeah, you're you're more likely to listen to a cassette side A all the way through yes. without skipping. Well, songs. that's what mm-hmm. I, I remember. Like um, even uh, one of the things I miss when when went cassettes to tapes or uh, cassettes to CDs was that like um, yeah, you actually tape separation. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you used to actually like you said you actually listened to an album as a project. As opposed, yes. and like song order with an album really mattered. You know, same with vinyl too, right? But I mean, like there was a reason. Whereas like CDs, it doesn't matter as much. You know, that you can skip around. But anyway, well, um, iTunes ends up being. I read a book about this. Uh, John Seabrook. Uh, he's a writer for the New Yorker, um, and uh, his book's called The Song Machine, and it's about kind of the Dennis Pop Max Martin school of these guys that were just writing everybody's pop songs. You know, like like this dude like. He wrote something for Britney Spears and it set the world record, and then he wrote something for Backstreet Boys and that broke his uh, world record, yeah. and then he did it for NSYNC and it broke it. So it's just it's just it's just like three people cranking out all of these just number one ridiculous pop hits. But that was the idea that each song now has to be its own thing. It's all about the single, you know that that's kind of how it changed. To like I'm gonna go buy this song, whereas like you said, this idea that the album is a whole experience and it kind of takes you on a journey and that the track order is really important. Like that's, that's definitely a big shift uh, away from, you know, from how it used to be. And, and yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely lament that. Um, and, and I mean, Kyle, you're saying this with, with, you know, platinum records hanging behind you on the wall. Notice they're not platinum tapes. I mean, there's just something. Just Actually, this, no, some, dude, some of them have, have those. some at the bottom. Some have platinum tapes. At the yeah, bottom, that's, yeah, that's right. But like, there's sure. a, there's a tactile, I don't know, just something nice and pleasing about like the big box with the artwork, and you know, uh, I remember. I, what do you got there? I can grab three cassettes while. I, yeah, but the, like, like the artwork on a tape is like my first band's cassette. Look how fucking wizardry <laughs> wow, that is, bro. <laughs> Super fucking remember, wizardry. Uh, okay, me. so I have, I have, I think it's in my parents' basement. The first pressing Sergeant Pepper's. and it had the little paper doll cutouts, what? and yeah, like no that. That was. That is a lost art, man. You know, that's just so, that's so cool. And you don't see yeah, that Yeah, it's anymore. so interactive. Yeah. It is. Album art was like one of those things. Like, look at all the iconic album art that came out. Like, if, if you got a cassette this big and the album art was really cool, you were more likely to go buy the vinyl afterwards because then you'd have it this big. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I have a lot of those stupid albums, too. They're laying right <laughs> next to me. Like, um, So... On the DPA website, you have uh, it's a career highlights. I have to hear about this. So, successfully making it through an outdoor sound check at South by Southwest Festival with a hundred person marching band parading six <laughs> feet behind you on St. Patty's Day, emitting approximately ninety five dB ASBL. Thank oh heavens for that. So, what what, what happened <laughs> there? Mic drop. Oh man, uh, yeah that that was definitely a challenge, um, and so, something I'll never forget. I mean. Well, anyone's ever been to South by Southwest, you just know that, like, just all bets are off. Like, anything that should be expected is not, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get a real sound check. Um, there, yeah, there'll be a marching band coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was working for this artist um, named Lucy Dacus at the time, and um, we 
had a showcase at Stubbs Barbecue. Mm. Um, the outdoor venue in Austin. Yeah, I have some. I think, um, think Willow Mix is there. Oh actually. yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I was, you know, I've we're going like I'm sure you guys know about how it is down there. You know, like bands kind of like try to play as many showcases as they can within five days. So you know, you're just kind of like. You know, you go from one, you play the set, you pack it up, and then you fly across town to the next one. And um, I knew that was going to be a kind of our biggest uh, biggest gig. And so I was, I was trying to be as prepared as possible. Um, you know, I had even, like, requested beforehand, like, please, can I have at least 10 minutes, just me and the band, just to make sure everything's right. They were like, yes, 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 no worries. And, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm setting up and, um, you know, like, I think the, the house engineer was like, uh, oh, by the way, you, you don't even get PA, you get headphones. And, um, at the time I didn't know that that's actually a common thing. Um, I hadn't done too many outdoor festival kind of things. Um, so, so there was that, uh, and then suddenly when our 10 minute window started, I just... <laughs> suddenly start hearing like this Irish uh, jig coming from all these brass instruments. And then suddenly all of it just gets louder and louder until I realize they're marching into stubs and they're marching right behind me. And it lasts the entire time. <laughs> and <laughs> and not, not only that, I feel like that's when like hospitality decided they were going to set up too. So there's just like racks of chairs, just, just, it's like cacophony. And, you know, like I look at the house engineer and he's just like, dude, I'm, I didn't even know about this. Um, <laughs> and I, <laughs> so I couldn't be mad at anyone really except Rachel Ray, uh, the, the chef the food. Yes. The chef, <laughs> because it was, she was sponsoring that party or that, that showcase. And, I think the the house guy was like, yeah, man, like it's Rachel Ray. She always has something up her sleeve every year. <laughs> so I think she had like organized this marching band to come in and like. That was not I where know, I get... was expecting to end up yeah. when you started the story, by the way. <laughs> I, I love your story so much more. Yeah, I know. It's all Rachel Ray's fault. <laughs> um, That's fantastic. But yeah, I had to, I had to just go. I was just kind of like you know, like holding my cans is like trying to block out everything that I could trying to hear inputs. It was very difficult. I will give you one scream of the screaming goat in, in your honor for having to deal with that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, back oh, yeah. It's, it it sounds, sums up how I felt, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to, I want to sort of go back to this idea that you kind of, you know, you're growing up and you're in your formative years of listening to music and you love this band and they're a huge influence on you. And then you get the call to work with that band. I mean, like, what's that moment like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty surreal, pretty bizarre. You know, um, I did I saw that tour announced and I'm I've approached a lot of the bands I work with just because like, I kind of came into uh live sounds while I was being a pretty active musician. And so um, I was always really used to talking to other musicians and um, 
you know, the the kind of like circle is, you know, isn't actually that that wide. Um, I happen to already know uh, the guitarist that plays in Bikini Kill um, just from other bands. Um, but I don't think that's how I got the gig. I feel like they just, yeah, they just found me um, through just co other colleagues. I, I just kind of lucked out. And um, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of just knew when I saw when I saw those shows getting announced, I was like, okay, like, I'm the person for the job mm. and I'm going to try to, it, it might've just been like willing the universe in, into that happening. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, of course you get kind of the butterflies of, you know, working with someone that's been super inf influential and, you know, you used to scream the songs to <laughs> when you're <laughs> 16, like in the car. And, um, but you know, I'm I still do that for the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, like it's, you know, I, I definitely wasn't like fanning out. Um, I was able to just be professional about it and put that stuff aside. You know, I'm not even going to like, I, I'm, I'm never, you know, uh, I'm that person that like doesn't go up to the, the big celebrity because I like I like meeting them like normally, um, mm. if that makes any sense. Um, I much rather pr prefer to someone to get to, m to know me just in a regular scenario, not just like, oh, I'm a big fan, you know, um, which is okay. And I feel like it's cool that a lot of people do that. Um, but I just, you know, I just kind of, I knew it was important f for them to, like first and foremost, just see me as a good engineer, mm -hmm. you know, that a capable engineer. Have you told them since you then, know? though, that you, they were like your favorite band growing up? You know, I haven't. I feel like you should um, at some point. I sh yeah, <laughs> I should. But it's, you know, it's it gets in the like psychology of it because I, you know, like I just feel like they're they're so used to hearing that, I guess. But but yeah, I should. I'll do it just because you you said yeah, so, Michael. Thank um, you. I that. Well, I mean, I you know it's. I think there's a difference, and I've heard artists talk about this too. There's a difference in like, you know, the go-to is like, "Oh, you made such an impact on me," whatever. Like, and in, and like when you don't know that person, right? But now these people know you, right? And so mm -hmm. like, um, there's a there's a different level of talking about the impact. And quite frankly, um, I think the fact that you showed how decent of a human you could be with them, and without having to have all that drama of like, "Oh my goodness," right ahead mm -hmm. of time. Like, I think they might even turn up their respect for you. No, I, yeah, because this I could, feel like or there's, this could fall yeah. flat on your face, and you might come back at it and us. I'm not sure. It'd be but, my you know. fault. Yeah, and, and the, like, I got you know, I say that because because yeah, I don't want it to be. I don't necessarily want it to be like too much emotion invested into it. Where you know, maybe because if if in the beginning that they knew I was a big fan, like they would feel less comfortable, like, you know, being like, that sounded like crap, you know, or, you know, cause they don't want to hurt my feelings or something. Cause they know that there's a lot, there's a lot more into it, but you know, that's just my own assumptions. I, I got, I got a different approach. So have, have mm -hmm. you ever, um, sat down and talked to them about like, Hey, just out of curiosity, you have this one lyric in, in, in this portion of a song. Like, what, what, where was your headspace at when you were writing? Have, have you had those type of conversations with them? No, no. Start there, um, because, um, and you don't have to say, "Oh, I've been listening since sixteen. I was wondering how you did this." Just mm -hmm. uh, lean into um, 
what, what if there's something that that actually was drawing you to them or resonated with you, ask them about that. Get personal with that information. Well, um, okay, yeah, yeah. There, there is something that you just jogged my memory. Um, I think it was after our, our last show that we had at Riot Fest. Um, you know, uh, I was talking to the singer um, Kathleen and and hanging out and uh, there's this just kind of like cool thing that I remember when I was a teenager it, that I didn't even know a monitor engineer existed. I didn't know what that was. Um, but her other band, La Tigra, um, they have this really cool kind of interactive website. And this is like maybe late 90, well, I guess probably early aughts. Um, but I remember going on the website a lot and they would do like kind of virtual zines stuff. Um, is everyone familiar with the zine, the idea of zine? Yeah. Um, let's, so, let's assume that some of our listeners maybe aren't familiar, so maybe you can just... Yeah, so it's it's kind of like part of punk culture. It's just, uh, you know, like, a zine is like, you know, you could just... It was a way to, like, distribute information, and there's there's things called fanzines where, you know, like, just the the whole idea is based on, like, anybody can you know, grab like six pieces of paper, write what they want, um, photocopy them, you know, just kind of making your own little books and like, you know, distributing them. And a lot of the it's, labels it's, would it's put D- them out. DIY magazine, basically. It's, without, like, yeah, like, basically. it's like Twitter on paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like, it's not alt press or something like that. It, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. For many, everything from like being a fan of a, van, a band, like my best friend, she uh, did a Green Day zine uh, called Green Zine, and it was like a fanzine. And anyway, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, Kathleen Hanna's uh, other band, La Tigra, they would do kind of like zine type things on their website. And one uh, one of the things was called like, uh, you know, meet something along the lines of like meet our monitor engineer and so they had all these really cool drawings and um had like a little page about their monitor engineer and what she did and she's like explaining you know like what her job was um and that you know she worked at like uh bottom of the hill in san francisco and um that yeah i just i have like a real solid memory of of seeing that and just kind of being like oh wow like that's that's a job for someone to just mix things for the band on stage Mm -hmm. and that was kind of um one of the first times i had ever like even considered like oh that's something i would want to do you know and um and so i did actually tell the singer that story um because it it did feel right you know like uh, several shows in and um yeah, that was, yeah. But it wasn't really, like, preface with, like, well, I'm a big fan because back in the right. day, I think I was just, like, you know, like, you know, when I was 16, I actually, like, found out about what I'm doing now just because of that, and, you know, it was really cool. And that's the so. angle that I think is probably really meaningful to an artist is hey, this, you know, this work that you did set me on my path. I mean, that's the kind of stuff exactly. that it's not a fanboy response. It's just, you know, I want to, I want, I just want to acknowledge the significance of that. Um, and that's, you know, but then there's that, that whole idea about just working with people that you uh, really look up to. I mean, I, 
I, I spent several very nervous months uh, around Jamie Anderson after I started working with Rational because I mean if you're if you're a measurement nerd, I mean he's a pioneer, man, and 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 you know you see the name in textbooks, and so I mean like I you know after a while you sort of humanize these people and you just learn them for the complex humans that they are, but um, right. it definitely took me some time to relax into that and to to you know just be okay with like you know just kind of hanging out as people and and uh and sort of put aside that you know sometimes you put people on a pedestal because of their work or or you know whatever and and um that's something that actually I've talked to a couple of my mentees a lot about that is is you know hey I heard so and so on the episode or or I read this article by so and so and you know it was really cool I'm like oh well you should send them an email and and say hey and they're like oh no I can't possibly like why not? Like, what, what, you know, what's, what, they're not, uh, you know, I guess I, I, maybe I'm fortunate that's always come easier to me to just reach out and send a note and say, hey, I really like that thing that you said, or I really like that article that you wrote. But um, I know that it's difficult for a lot of people. Um, but that's something that's important to me is trying to break down that barrier. And if someone did work that's important to you, you should let them know that, you know, it's, it's, it's very rewarding when, you know, the few people that do read my, my articles um, <laughs> once, once in a while, I'll get yep. a note. And, and it's, I, I really appreciate that because when you're writing and it goes out to the void and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to read it. So yeah. when you get the guy that read it and was like, Hey, you know, I just got one today, uh, you know, Hey, that, I really appreciated your perspective on that or that, you know, it's helped me solve a problem that I've been trying to solve for a while. Like that, that is really meaningful. And I appreciate that as someone that's, that's putting the content out. So for whatever it's worth. Yeah, or, sure. or you could look like a complete douchebag like me. I got to meet the beastie boys after a show for the Obama inauguration at the nine thirty club. Uh, it was um, Cheryl Crow and the beastie boys for, the mayor's ball and usher was there and like all these people and they they snuck the crew dudes in and we were standing in watching the show and i was like fuck i've i've seen the beastie boys like eight times but never been that close to them and um they came outside and and mike d and ad rock were standing there and i'm like uh you you guys are great <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well said. And they, and they both looked at me like I was a beast. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Was that before had, or after the Tony Hawk incident? Oh, that was that was Tony well Hawk. After that. Oh, she, but you, I ran into I ran into Usher on accident that night and almost knocked him down. I was like, oh, who's this tiny little guy? <laughs> I uh, I had Sorry. no, I had similar not, well, not similar experience, but like I um I was at Roy Albert Hall. I was working with uh, Josh Gerber at the time, um, and. And he was playing. Uh, he was in a, a musical, um, the cl- um, chess, right? Um, and um, and I'm I'm at front of house, and I look to my left, uh, and I see this tall dude with his white silver curly hair or whatever, and it's like, holy Ooh. fuck, this is Brian May standing next to me, right? And I'm like, oh wow, and I'm like, <laughs> what? what, what, right? And like, uh, and I'm like, I look over, and I'm like. D- the hell do i say to brian may and i'm like and i was like all right don't say something stupid you know um and i was like you know what so what boiled it down to was like in the moment i was like you know what hey brian you know chris i work with josh i said um uh i just i want to thank you for your music 
And that's all I said, you know, because I was like, what else can I say yeah. that he hasn't already heard? And that, right. that's a, as a genuine thing. Like, I legitimately wanted to thank him for the music he did. Uh, and it turns out, like, he was just there to see Josh, you know, like, he's a big fan of opera and, 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 and musicals and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I think, I think when there's genuineness to it, it's cool. But, uh, I, I'm curious. I, I like that, go Chris. Go ahead. Um, no, I was thinking that, uh, 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 uh are the New York State Fair, they have a little venue. It's like a couple thousand cap, and they do free concerts there outside. And usually it's like kind of washed up 80s acts. <laughs> that, uh, you know, like I, I, well, one year we oh. saw Casey and the Sunshine Band, and I was Shocking. like 11, so I thought that shit was amazing. Uh, but uh, actually... They are amazing. It doesn't matter how fucking old they are. No, they, it, was, it was a lot of fun, but, but um, it's rare that you see like a current A-level headliner there, right? Actually, which is interesting is I think next month Train's playing. I was just texting Jason. I'm probably going to go <laughs> visit him because they're awesome. Um, but Speaking of Walker. Co- Coheed and Cambria was there one year, and I, I was, I don't know, 18, 19 years old, and I thought Coheed and Cambria was like the greatest fucking thing ever. Like, I love that. It's, they're still one of my favorite bands. Me too. Right? They're great. So <laughs> so I'm like, dude. First two albums done. Sorry. It's, well, it's $10 to get into the fair, and the show is free. So I'm like, yo, man, let's go to this. So call my buddy. We get in the car. We drive 45 minutes to Syracuse. We walk around the fair, go see Coheed, and then at, we kind of go around the back afterwards, and, you know, Claudio came out and was just going down, and people are, you know, trying to get selfies and autographs. And when he came to me, I said, hey, really enjoyed the show, man. And he was like, hey, thanks. And that was it. And so, but I'm like, I don't think any one of these other people told him that he did a good job. And when you get to a certain level of success, people stop telling you that you did a good job. And I was like, you know, <laughs> what would I like to hear if I were him? Like, hey, man, you did a good job. I, I, you know, it was a good time. So that was kind of the same thing, Chris. It's just like, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not here to, to fanboy over you, but I, I appreciate what you're doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And coming from it from like a genuine place is, is really important. So let's. Uh, so, so he should have said your first two albums were really good, but let's talk about that other garbage. <laughs> you didn't like four. You didn't like Coheed four. No, no. Second stage turbine was oh amazing. classic man. There was it, brilliant. It was great. That was right around the same time as a bunch of other cool stuff and the comic book stuff and and the whole bit where the comic book followed the first album, oh, yeah. first three albums or whatever I was got, amazing. I got the I novel that he wrote for. Uh, for the fifth album that's up there on the shelf. It's, it's, it's been, you want to talk about a band that constantly reinvents their sound. Every time I get a new Coheed record, I'm like, this sounds nothing like Coheed. And then I'm like, this is terrible. And then I listen to it two more times. I'm like, this is brilliant. Like it's there. <laughs> that's gotta be so hard to constantly be fresh and new and, and be fearless to do that and not worry about irritating the fans and have the fans that are willing to, to go for it with you. I mean, I, that's something I really enjoy about that group. I want, I want to hear, Jade, I want to hear, we're kind of getting maybe closer to the clock here. I want to hear about uh, some of your D-Live experience. Every photo I see, you're, you know, you got D-Live in front of you. So let's, let's, <laughs> it looks let's, like let's you and the D-Live are going to beat me up and take my lunch money. I, oh, man. Seriously, <laughs> no. like, I got it. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't change the thing. Um, what, what's, uh, talk about, like, uh, some of your favorite things about that desk. Um, yeah, so, Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you own? Do you own the little the is that yours? The C, yeah, I own it. I own a D Live uh, CTI fifteen hundred, um, which is like the oh, it's a lightweight latest model. Right? Mo- the yeah. lightweight latest model. Um, I will just say, like, I'm a pretty, I'm a fairly new owner of it. I got it this year. Um, you know, uh, big fan of uh, Drew Thornton and Drew Thornton's mm. videos. Um, I feel like that was kind of uh, what sealed the deal for me. Um, just seeing 
yeah, just all of his stuff and how he was like really trying to do a lot of similar things that that I am. Um, and yeah, it all kind of happened really fast. Um, you know, I the main the main artist I'm touring with is Krungbin um, on front of house. And there's a um, reason I didn't include that in your introduction because I don't know oh, how yeah. to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I would have yeah. pronounced it even worse. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Krungbin. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, it, it was kind of like, a, you know, halfway through this, this whole pandemic thing. Um, I had just been thinking a lot about how I want to come back in to touring when it, when that came back. Um, and, um, you know, so yeah, this, it, this thing's awesome. And it's right in front of me. So I'm, that's why I'm like, this thing's Wait, awesome. That should have been your arm's reach thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah no the bird book over the before. D-line. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally right here. <laughs> Is it like, are you using it as like a gigantic mic preamp right now for this? Oh, uh, no. I'm uh, not, you know, I thought about just, just so I just could say. Just the most overkill but solution ever. For, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, Krungbin is a band that tours worldwide and we had a really busy year in 2019 um that found us going to you know all these continents um and so this the cti 1500 um is kind of uh came out after the c 1500 and the the ti part is like you guys already know this titanium. Um, but yeah titanium yeah. it's lightweight um and when I realized it's checkable at the airport, um, so this this console with the case is weighs in at under fifty pounds. Um, wow! And shout out to Chris at Circle Three Designs for designing mm. the case for it. Um, he, d- he does some cool work. He's, he yeah. Had a, he started a Facebook group too, um, uh, called like Fly Racks or something like yeah. that. And uh, it's been pretty cool to see everyone kind of like throwing their stuff in there. So anyway, yeah, yeah, check, yeah. Check that very out. cool. I, I'm interested in the aspect of this, this sort of the cost benefit analysis of, of buying your own console. Um, it's particularly like you're like me, you're a freelancer. We're not rental companies. So it's not like we're right. renting it out and making that money back. I mean, maybe you rent it to a tour, but, but primarily for me, it's not dollars and cents recouping it's like convenience and speed and accuracy and consistency and that's yeah, what made it worth it to sure. me so can you talk about that a little bit yeah for sure yeah consistency it was huge and just having something having something i can work on mm. mixes on at home was big yeah, it's you know investment, investment in, yeah, yeah it's your, a huge your work yeah into into skills and and all of that and um and yeah it just seemed like the the natural move um you know uh just yeah like going from from console to console um and um it's just hard to get that consistency and and you know um not being able to really like implement virtual sound checks f- to the fullest mm. like unless you're just on the same thing mm. all the time ta- all the time um so that was a big reason why I got it um just so that I could just very easily multi-track and and do those virtual sound checks and just like grab it and go you know whenever i need to um you know it's it's funny because i feel like it's been really cool that uh alan and heath had put the ad out um but yeah i'm still getting to know the desk um but i i've i've mixed on them before um 
and they they sound amazing and you know um i've known mike bangs for a while um and just the support is just awesome um and um yeah it's it's yeah it's it's just a high value um in the long run to just kind of like have have the one thing and um and it's it's within within reach of affordability i feel like you know like you can you know you don't even really need the surface to to run a d live you can do it you know just with a stage rack and an ipad um but yeah it's it's pretty awesome um you know i i i i guess another big appeal was um the processing options um you know not having to rely on necessarily on external plugins just kind of making a as simple of a show that i could make um and it's really it's just a really fantastic all-in-one desk there's a lot of options for customization um and yeah i'm just i'm really excited to to kind of do more stuff with it um so far, I've been doing some recording gigs with it around town, and that's been really great. Um, I like, yeah. you know, the idea, like you said, like, hey, I just I can work on this anytime I want, you know, because um, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that was a lot of what I spent my time doing over the last year and a half without gigs was like, you know, I like that I could just say, you know, it was important for me to like, chat, hey, I want to improve my mixing, you know, uh, to just be able mm-hmm. to go down in the basement. I got a half hour. I'm going to go down in the basement and turn the console on and, and just work on it. And just being able to kind of like, it's sort of like the same thing as like having the treadmill in your house. Like I'm going to be more likely to exercise if I don't have to drive to the gym. To me, it was sort of the same thing <laughs> exactly. only for mixing. Like I, I, it was easier to kind of be disciplined about spending time practicing and working on that skill because I could just go down there and do it. So to me, that's, you talk about an investment, you know, that's that's where it became worth it for me was just having access to the tool allowed me to to improve my skill set, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like I got to a point where that was the one thing kind of standing in the way, like not having my own console at home. Um, it, it just seemed like if like if I can just do that, then, yeah, it just it just opens up a lot of uh, opportunities, just kind of like stay sharp and um and and you know it's just it's a it's amazing because just doing you know front of house monitors, um, so much of what we do is just learned on the job, like in the heat of the moment. Um, whether it's trying out like a different compressor like on one night, but you don't really get, at least the artists I've toured with and and the sound checks that I've I've gotten, you know, there's really not a lot of time to like be being different things or just mm-hmm. like really listening like what is happening when I'm you know turning this knob you know and you can really hone in yeah on that kind of stuff in in a way that I've just never been able to before and that's a whole different experience mixing wise to me was when I went from you know because so many of my shows are one-offs where I'm just showing up and it's just like well just you know we'll make it work. And then by, by the end of the show, you're like, all right, it sounded pretty good. Let's start the set over. Right. Now, right? You know, but, um, yeah. you know, to be able to show up with the show file ready and to have had some time ahead of time to tweak it and dial it in. And just in terms of the product that you get and just how much more polished it sounds, it's just having that mm-hmm. time where you're not trying to, there's enough to deal with on the show day, man. Like I, if, yeah. you know, the, even, even if it's just, Hey, my inputs are labeled and my buses are set up, like saving me that 10 minutes 
on the desk is 10 minutes I can worry about dealing yeah. with whatever and, crazy and shit working happened. on your actual mix you know right. that's just something I've I just hadn't really gotten to do that you know and I before I got the desk I would I would try to you know go into venues or go to a production house and and use something but um but yeah it's just a big difference when you can just actually hear what is happening and you don't have um necessarily like the acoustic energy from wherever you are or the marching band you know (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah so it's it's been it's been really huge so far and yeah, I mean, it still it still has yet to take its first journey, uh, you know, on an airplane. So, um, but yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I just texted Drew and told him that you were uh, in, in in honor of tonight's theme. I told him that you yeah. were a huge fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. I've already told him that. <laughs> he said, "Aw." So, um, no, that's 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 great though. Um, Kyle, you're you're squinting like you've got something very heavy on your brain. Did you, did you have a, a no i was just listening oh, okay you're really, really in the zone that's my i was and and the reason i probably was squinting is because you did have a, a a kind of a large recording history as well like recording stuff and going back and forth pro tools ableton experience um what do you like doing better i mean obviously uh you're you're with us so live sound <laughs> or recording oh, or definitely are you like do you like crossing the streams and doing a little both? Um, I like live sound for sure. Um, you know, it's it's better for my my like ADD. <laughs> um, yes. You know, I I did like a lot of people. I did start into audio like more with more of like a studio background, um, but I th- I naturally gravitated towards this this world. I think just because of I've you know the variety and and. You know, I got sick of like seeing the same people all the time, um, and working on the same, the same snare stuff. Yeah, the same stuff. Kyle, um, you always use that example. I feel like you had a bad experience, man. <laughs> I did. Everyone couldn't get that Everyone. snare right, huh? All, all snares well, are like shit. I had a guy that was really good at sound replacing snares, and he'd choose like three or four snare sounds through his first bit, and then he'd sit there for a week and replace snares with those four so it sounded natural it was insane and i'd listen to it afterwards and be like it's crazy like i couldn't do that my like you said my add even if it is a a disorder it's great because i can i can do stuff so fast now i can tell if i need to go move the mic i can tell Mm -hmm. if i need to switch the mic i can tell if it's a bad leg like or if i need to go tune the drum or if i'm just going to go with it within Five ten seconds of hearing that thing being hit three times. I'm over the snare. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. You know, and uh, I just couldn't imagine sitting in a studio and working on that stuff. It would be really DIY. Like the, the recordings I did, I was like, let's get as many people in a room at one time and try to bang out all mm-hmm. the tracks in one take. Go, you know, because we didn't have the cool thing where you were like, oh, I can punch in later here, bro, and I'll just email you my <laughs> yeah. track. Like, what we had to put our phones on this thing that sent beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, and you can write like three <laughs> words <laughs> and that took a, a, a day to get like, fuck i got Wait, was that dial like up internet months. is that what that sound was was that a modem yeah it was fucking, <laughs> that was a modem sound, right? <laughs> 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 
Um, and Jade, uh, we promised that we were going to uh, throw some shade at Chris, and we haven't yet, so we have to do it before we wrap up. You uh, have the distinction of winning a prize during the 100th episode oh, stream shit. that we did. Yeah. And, and Chris has failed yes. uh, to send you that prize. I did mail you a Still sticker, waiting. though. Still waiting. So it's, I, it's, I, I you know, it's not like... <laughs> Look, it, it's not like you're like just had a baby or anything. You know? It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Where's my T-shirt? <laughs> yeah. Uh, congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yeah. um, yes. I I have. Uh, it's funny. Uh, two of the winners I had gotten addresses from Michael. And yes, I've sat on this. It's what episode one hundred six came out today as we're speaking. So we're talking six weeks since episode one hundred. Yes, I haven't met up. Hey, two of them hadn't put in their shirt size yet, so I had to email them back at the shirt sizes. So I would get them all at once, and I, I'm working on it. All <laughs> good. Checks man. in the mail. I got basically. my sticker. Got, yeah. So Michael you remember, you sticker, remember who had so. you back, Jade? You remember that? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I could use excuses, of, uh, uh, and then I had a, had a kid, right? However, I did podcast the last episode or this week's episode from the hospital, so I, I can't use much of an excuse. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. um, all right, so we're all coming down to Brooklyn. We're going to come see you. Where are we going to eat? Um, so we're going to go to Ollie's Roti Shop in Bed-Stuy. It's, do you even know what Roti is? No. Like I got complete blank stares. I do. Okay, because this is – it's so good. Roti and doubles. Um, it's like a Trinidadian, uh, like it's just like a soft, pillowy, like buttery bread. Mm. And they stuff it with like potatoes mm. and like yes. chickpea curry Chicken. and like tamarind ah. sauce and like any of the. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. And there's one down the street from my house. So we'll, we'll definitely go oh. there. Um, Man, I feel bad Stuck for you guys Missouri, that Jay, haven't had that yet. No, it's good to see. It's oh. good that like good food is not near my house. Like if I have to drive like fourteen <laughs> minutes to get to Taco yeah, Bell, right? Only if that, Taco Bell is near his house. No, so. it's it's here's the thing because it, it's fourteen minutes from my house to Taco Bell. I'm I'm glad it's not closer because <laughs> I would I would not be healthy. It would be bad. It would be real bad. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like hold on. There we go. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Chris, hit it with the legacy. Well, you're obviously probably prepared for this if you listen. So, nope. but you better have a good. She answer. actually only listens to the first five minutes of each episode. She told me she barely oh, makes okay. it through. Yeah, the just, yeah. And like most of our she listeners, can barely probably. get past my sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, we're the only ones that listen this far. Anyway, all right. So, um, <laughs> you may be young in your your career, uh, but you know, if you could define your legacy or how you would want to be known, what does that look like? Okay, I def I did not prepare an answer. Did um, you know about the question? Though? So, but yeah, I did. Okay. I did. So that's all right. Thought I would Wait, like so speak how did from you the heart, you know. You've heard well, because I didn't want to like cheat or anything, See? you know. It's like, all right, sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> I appreciate cheating, the sincerity but... and the spontaneity, and and yeah, I sent yeah. you a sticker. So, like I said, you you and me, remember? Remember? Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Who's got your back? I'm an asshole. I know. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. I. So I'd I'd want to be known as, uh, you know, just like somebody that, you know, approach approaches my craft with you know passion and compassion. Um, you know, someone that, uh, you know, someone that really uh, just like I'm just saying what I've heard other other guests say. Um, <laughs> 
Wait, so you so, had the yeah, you said you didn't want to cheat, but yeah. you're copying off yeah, everyone yeah. else's name. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let's see. Yeah, yeah. What'd you get for number three? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I. <laughs> Oh no, there there's actually a lot of things I want to do um, you know, like with you know, these these platforms I feel like that are opening up um, you know, like DPA masters stuff and um, you know, I want to work with um youth. Um mm. I want to work with um you know, like underprivileged youth and um you know, this is we're in a really unique moment in time now where, um, you know, particularly for, you know, queer people, trans people, folks of color, um, I feel like there's more, you know, happening now to like diversify our industry. Um, so, you know, I'd like to be, I'd like to be someone that, um, you know, can be a mentor, um, to folks like that and, yeah. and young people that, you know, don't necessarily get to go to school to get in this industry and don't necessarily like have the connections. Um, and, um, I've always had a passion for, um, education. I guess we didn't really talk about that much, but, um, you know, I've done a lot of stuff with like, uh, the rock camps, um, different workshops and things like that. And I, I kind of want to carry that through to, you know, as I grow into my career, um, and so, yeah, I've got I've got some ideas that you guys should look out for pretty soon. No, I, and please, we want, first off, it's amazing. Um, you're you're perpetuating a life of giving back, right? I mean, that, that's what you're you're talking about, and that's I mean, we've the three of us have said since day one. I mean, that's why we do just about everything that we do is is we're looking to give back, and that's we're so proud of our community. Like, that's what, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the beginning of this episode, that's what I said, hey, let us help you type of thing. So Let, it, let us send you some T-shirts yeah. that you... <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, Eventually. please, um, I need a T-shirt. Right I'm getting cold. <laughs> uh, no, but no, like, I'm, I'm so excited to hear what uh, you're talking about and where that's going. Please let us help in any way possible. Yeah, um, thank you. You know, uh, that's... Yeah, that's uh, I, I love your I love your response. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, we we really think we're trying to build a community to bring everybody together. You know what I mean? I I don't want it to be inclusive anymore. I think when I started doing sound and stuff, it felt like this weird community where it was hard to talk to front of house people or even even union people that were loading in at shows. It was difficult and it was very standoffish, and it didn't matter sex, race, color, mm-hmm. wherever you're from, if you were young, if you were old, it was hard. And we have this format now and we need to get it out to everybody. Yeah. So more, more people like you with the education, like that's my love and passion. Like uh, is, is being able to help somebody get to that next level, uh, wherever they're from. And living in St. Louis, it, it's, it's brought me back to a, a, a diversity that I've, I've, forgot and i love and i'm part of now and yeah that's awesome amazing and our discord our facebook group these podcasts like that's what we want to keep on bringing so send us links of any project you're working on i definitely definitely will yeah because i you know i it can't be done without you know folks like you guys you know and it shouldn't it shouldn't fall on folks like me to you know kind of 
have to like carry the torch alone. It should be all of us, you know, like carry using our using together, our platforms, right? using Absolutely. you know our resources together. So I'm all about it. Uh, us old punk rock <laughs> DIY kids are still DIYing it. Yep. Till till today. You know? I knew that when you were coming on the show, I was like, Kyle's gonna love this because he loves that that punk rock shit. It. People are out there kicking mm-hmm. stuff over it. on stage. That's his favorite shit. And it was funny because yeah, Hannah it, was texting it, me from but, the show that she's at, and she's like. Oh my God! She's like, I would, I would not be able to do like these, these metal tours. She's like, I would go. Cry. I'm like, Kyle loves that shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's not even, it's, that's the thing. Even in the text message I sent you guys before, it's not even about the music at that point. It's about the community, and it's about the little DIY tables that the guys mm-hmm. selling the distro stuff, and it's about the activism community. It's a, being it's able a movement. To, it's to, not, yeah. It, right. It and it's so huge, and it's weird because. I ran into a guy who's doing his own distro and I haven't heard somebody going to do their own distro in a long time. I was like, wow, man, that's really cool. And I think kind of bringing that stuff about back around will bring the community together. And it's not about what kind of music is like that just happens to be a bunch of shitty people who don't know how to play. instruments. (laughs) They call it punk rock. (laughs) But once they get better, Look at Fugazi. Yeah. They were actually musicians. Like they... Minor Threat was garbage. They couldn't play four chords. <laughs> but they progressed, you know, but they were still in the punk rock community and they still gave back and like same with L seven and, and Bikini Kill and Dude, so many people have uh, Earth Crisis. Earth Crisis. I was just talking about them the other day. Like if it wasn't for Earth Crisis, vegan people probably wouldn't have a song to go beat people up to. <laughs> 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 Like it, and it moved a ton of people to start realizing that stuff. And and the sorry, God, go ahead. It's not even a bad thing. Like it's it's a great thing, and the community embraces it. That's what's so cool about it. And it and it it's a, a lifetime. I'm still a punk rock kid, man. Like I'm still that kid that went to matinee shows when I was 15 and stood there and like was blown away and wanted to buy distro and buy T-shirts and stuff. That's what's helping out the community as well. Every it, instead of spending forty dollars at the amphitheater, I'm spending twenty dollars at the church basement for this band that's in a van. Like, I feel so much better about that. Mm-hmm. And tell you what, like, that's how I learned about a ton of bands before anyone else did. So you could be cool. It's like, yo, you heard that new The Baby album? Yeah, everybody's heard it. It's on fucking iTunes. You know what you haven't heard? <laughs> There's other stuff, and, and I, I think the activism and the fire and shit and the passion that goes with that is a lifetime commitment to, to the community that you're involved in. And every, and it's inclusive. Everybody's included. Absolutely. Awesome. Damn, I'm inspired now, Kyle. Thank you, man. That was great. I appreciate that. Sorry, that no, was it's, my it's, it's, yeah. soapbox. I love it. Love Punk it. rock soapbox, bro. I knew you were going to you know enjoy that. You know who shouldn't be doing Uh-oh. reunions? These guys. <laughs> Yo, for real though, I just found out today I'm gonna be out the Outside Lands Festival uh, in San Francisco this fall. Oh, nice. And... Me too. Oh, you gonna be there? Yep. Okay, I think I'm. I think I. Uh, I think I'm gonna be the SPL uh, police. So I'll come yeah. tell you to turn yeah. down. Yeah, 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 I'll bring the shirt the out. You can wear the shirt. I'll tell you to turn yeah. down. Yeah, perfect. Um, but um, uh, Nelly's one of the headliners. You want to talk about a comeback, yeah. dude? Like, I mean, I I remember being in like seventh grade listening to that Nelly. My mom took the CD away because it had the parental advisory oh, logo on the front, and that shit is rocking. So I'm so excited. You think, so you excited think the band come? <laughs> has the bandaid come off yet? <laughs> I was gonna yeah. I was gonna make a bandaid joke. <laughs> so here here's here's a little story about Nelly. So I'm probably about 19, maybe 20 years old, and me and my friend Greg 
went to the studio that was in a roller skating rink in Olivet, Missouri, which is on the way to the city. And they had a little recording studio, and it was the Twins, and they were an R&B group. Well, we went in there to get gigs because there was this guy named Mark there that was recording all the metal and the punk rock stuff that was coming through. And the Twins took care of all the rap and the R&B stuff that came through. Well, when we were in there, there was this band called the Lunatics, the Saint Lunatics. And they were recording this song called Country Grammar with this, this kid with a Band-Aid on his face. And it ended up being the biggest, like, thing off the Lunatics album. And that sparked into Nelly's solo album before the Lunatics even... I mean, they re- they released stuff locally, but, yeah, Nelly was recording Country Grammar while we were in a roller skating rink. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Wow. That, that's, that's the baggage, that deep-seated baggage of why you like the roller skating rink so much. And... Th- that's when serious. they when they remade the movie The Longest Yard with um, Adam, Sandler. Adam Sandler, I think Nelly was in that, and I think he was pretty good in that too. Yeah, yeah. he was too. So there we go. I didn't think we were going to go there tonight. Jay, thank you so much for your time for chatting with us. It's been thank an absolute you guys. Blast. This has been awesome. Thanks for having me. Great. Brooklyn yeah. represent. That's right. Get some roti. Yep. Yeah.